0: This is the Sanam S4 podcast, brought to you by Sanam S4, the go-to people for success in the world's fastest-growing economies. Season 1. Reshaping international student recruitment in the time of coronavirus. Episode 1. Jason Kinnear is Assistant Dean of Study Abroad and Exchanges at UNC Chapel Hill, a super-experienced higher education professional in study abroad programme development and service learning. He has led study abroad programmes to Costa Rica, Ghana, South Africa, and Thailand, and looks back on his time as an undergrad study abroad student in London with great fondness. Jason is a former regional chair of NAFSA, the Association of International Educators, and also very active in the Forum and Education Abroad. So, Jason, welcome.
1: Good afternoon
0: great that you could be with us here as our first guest on the podcast um particularly because of your background i know that you yourself did your study abroad at imperial college which is where much of the government advice is coming out of for the uk government on the coronavirus um, but i know that this week you're not even supposed to be at home drinking beer on your patio you're supposed to be at the forum that's correct i should have been
1: in kansas city drinking beer on a patio but instead <laughs> i'm i'm at home
0: I guess we really just wanted to um, have a chat about how coronavirus is affecting the study abroad sector, um, state side, and just to get your reflections on what's happening so far um, about coronavirus on the US in the US sector, and how are your colleagues supporting each other at the moment?
1: I think anecdotally, uh, um, from all the different Facebook forums and email support groups and posts that I've seen on social media, everyone anecdotally is stunned beyond belief it's such an unprecedented thing and people keep asking me if i've ever experienced this and like no not even on this such a scale uh you know 9-11 wasn't like this the Mm. london bombings the madrid bombings the all these different more localized things didn't compare to what this has been It's long range ramifications. And so I think that's just the biggest thing is just being stunned, Mm. heartbroken that the 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 experience has been taken away from all of our students.
0: Do you think people are supporting each other quite well at the moment?
1: I think so. I've I'm on several different Facebook groups and have tried to send out messages to different colleagues and we've had little Facebook chats or text messages back and forth of just, are you doing okay? Um, Our office, like for instance, we're organizing someone to come in from our social work, uh, school of social work to talk about self-care and Mm -hmm. reflection during this time. And I've seen other people post on social media that they're doing some group chats and different things and I would say so. We are a super supportive field. And so, yes, I I think people are trying to help each other out as much as possible. And hopefully everyone realizes that there's so many people out there across the field that are willing to support and encourage and be a shoulder to cry on virtually.
0: Mm. And being part of all of those groups and all of that chat and all of that kind of um, vibe, do you get a sense that people are yet thinking about whether to postpone mobility into the autumn into the fall are people thinking about different models or is that just not there yet and actually people are just in student retrieval and crisis management mode i think
1: most people that i've talked to and most groups that i've engaged with are still in the student retrieval crisis Immediate crisis management mode, and then also trying to deal with the the fallout from canceling summer programs. Or there are a few schools that are still even trying to to debate whether summer will go forward. Mm. Um, but I I think all of us are so hopeful that somehow the fall will be salvaged <clears throat> and be able to move forward. And I think that that's the goal. So that's the message that we're trying to send students and to parents that as of right now, you know, fall is still on and, but if it doesn't happen, let's look at other modes of delivery of, of information. And I think definitely there could be, there there are different schools that are out there that are looking at online learning. So the COIL mode of international exchange or, um, different virtual courses or asynchronous learning options could definitely be a possibility for students but I just think most programs haven't even begun to think about fall.
0: Yeah yeah I think right right here in the UK at the moment it also just feels like a kind of crisis survival mode with people just trying to move their learning online and think about the students that are already on campus and I think yes. it's in the next couple of weeks probably that thoughts are going to turn to turn to the fall and what can happen you're the part of the campus risk management team Uh, what's going on in terms of your students Uh, have you been retrieving students what kind of numbers are you talking about and how does it look for the fall
1: yeah so we sent out cancellations for the spring to 410 students and have asked them all, you know, told them their programs were canceled and asked them all to return to the States. And to varying degrees, the majority of those have returned. There's a few who were either um, citizens of other countries that weren't allowed Mm -hmm. to come back because of the travel ban. There's also students who we provided the opportunity for them to sign a release and stay abroad. And so quite a few students have done that as well. And so there are still students that, that, that have done that, hunkering down and uh, sheltering in place uh, or staying where they're at and just either quarantine themselves or hoping it passes over and they'll finish their semester online but remain in their host country. Uh, For summer, you know, we had to send cancellations to over a thousand students and are working with them on our campus to try to identify alternative options for learning for them, either online or on our campus summer school. Um, I've heard rumors of a few different providers and different organizations that are looking to offer their same summer study abroad programs, but offer them through an, an online format. And so that opens up a debate of how do we work with that? and. How would we transcript that? And I have the concerns about the intercultural learning. I, I've heard of a couple organizations that are doing virtual internship opportunities. and But how would that? You know, I just have still a lot of questions about what that would look like mm. from a intercultural learning perspective and what would students actually gain from that type of opportunity and and then how would you do other types of experiential education opportunities such as service learning and what kind mm. of what kind of engagement could a student have virtually with an internship or a service organization abroad and how could they provide any sort of engagement to a local community and have the same sort of experience? And so, yeah, there's just, there's still a lot of questions that I think as a field, we're going to have to either, we're going to have to very quickly grapple with and come up with some ideas and uh, some models uh, in this unprecedented situation so that we don't lose our students to mm. other opportunities. And and it might be that we just have a dip for a year or Six months in terms of participation, but IE I, I, I just released a, a study that showed that after pre broad participation bounced back pretty quickly. And so that's encouraging that that type of data is out there and that that's happened in the past.
0: On the plus side, we have got a creative sector, we've got a collegiate sector. I guess one of the challenges is that 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 one moment in the year when everybody comes together to brainstorm and have their professional development and and do their networking and come up with their proposals and develop new programs and be creative is at NAFSA, which is not happening in uh, St. Louis this year, which is which is a big loss, I think, to to yeah. our world. And we just heard that EAIE is also moving its date. So now NAFSA, I think I'm right in saying, and I defer to you as a previous regional NAFSA chair, but I think I'm right in saying that NAFSA have ambition to host, to hold the conference online in some way. But, I mean, it's such a massive conference. How on earth you would move that online? I don't know.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the forum is... The Forum and Education Abroad Conference shifted to an online virtual format to take place in late April. And it's, I, I had a couple sessions that I was supposed to give, and it's still unclear what that's going to look like and how that's going to be structured. And I think from a knowledge exchange component, I think you could definitely have that type of engagement. Uh, you know, to just do a Zoom call or a Skype call with 50 of your closest friends and they watch you give a presentation. I think that, that could be something that could su- successfully happen, but the networking component is the piece that I go to NAFSA for. And I think a lot of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so yes. how, how do
0: you,
1: how do you encourage that type of virtual exchange um, and engagement and uh, connecting with colleagues and doing business and, that, that'll be the piece that hopefully NAFSA and other conferences can sort out over the next few weeks. And then and then also, the I think there's a lot of people who, for instance, with the forum, are concerned about the cost. You're shifting to a virtual conference, but still charging me the same amount of money? That's kind of crazy. And so mm-hmm. are we going to have to pay huge registration fees to attend a conference virtually? I mean – yeah, it's great. I can sit here and have a beer and talk with my colleagues around the world and do a session, but it's just not the same. So I, it's still sort of up in the air. I, I'm always willing to try new things and, um, and explore new possibilities. And I think there's a lot of us in the field that are very flexible and are excited to see something different.
0: One last thing I wanted to just ask you is we've talked about the conference scene, we've talked about UNC, we've talked about the sector more broadly, but just in terms of the private providers and, um, you know, the study board organizations and sending bodies, do you have any sense of what that looks like, that space looks like at the moment?
1: I don't. I'm, I know that some of them have been also just like all of us on campuses and have been so focused on just retrieving students and providing updates to students and parents and campuses about, What's happening with their students and I think that they'll also very quickly be starting to shift to looking at the future and new modes of delivery whether it be online learning or virtual uh, courses or internship opportunities. I know that some providers have started to lay off staff as they've as their numbers have been cut because you know since a lot of them are for-profit or even not-for-profit and their Mm -hmm. margins are fairly small typically and so they may not have the bandwidth or the resources to be able to keep people on so i know several of my dear friends who have been have been let go from their organizations and
0: they're an important part of a of a landscape aren't they and yeah
1: um, and yeah. i i would have to say that the providers have been just amazingly wonderful for us really amazing and provided so much support and guidance and encouragement and and helped our students at every step of the way. The other piece I've, I meant to mention was the helping those students who have been had their experience cut short, helping them process it. And, you know, we we, we as a field do we as a field struggle so much with re entry or returning stuff already mm. in terms of programming and creating opportunities for students to have a space. And this is gonna, this is even harder because we've yanked these students out in the middle of the semester and then we've told them to go home.
0: Jason, thanks so much for your time and your reflections on the shape of study abroad in the coronavirus world. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you for the opportunity.